1: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. It is the APC podcast once again from AcmePackingCompany.com and SB Nation Talking about your Green Bay Packers all day, every day. And on this day in particular, Thursday, August 3rd, a lovely afternoon in Albuquerque, New Mexico. I am Zach Rapport. At the APC pod is our show handle on Twitter. At Zach Rapport is my personal handle. At the APC pod on Instagram for pictures of our intern, my dog, who is taking a very on-brand nap right behind me. And uh, thank you so much for downloading. Today, we are previewing Packers at Cowboys. I am joined by my, uh, my trusty cohort here, Ben Foldy, out in Detroit, Michigan, at Ben Foldy on Twitter. How are you, man?
0: I am fine. Getting through a day. <laughs> fine.
1: I love your, um, you're always very honest and direct with your answer, which is something I appreciate.
0: I'm not sure how I'm supposed to be.
1: Well, I learned a long time ago in the working world when people ask you, like, how you're doing, they don't actually want to know how you're doing. They just, uh, you know, they want you to say good or, you know, whatever, because I spent many years being very honest about how I'm doing in in a working situation, and it made for some very awkward, awkward moments.
0: Yeah, I'm fine. (laughs) I'm good.
1: Joining us as well. On very short notice, we are very appreciative to talk all things Packers at Cowboys. We are joined by RJ Ochoa, at RJ Ochoa on Twitter, covers all things Dallas Cowboys for SB Nation's Blog in the Boys, host of the Ocho podcast, Saturday Morning Hangover, ESPN, San Antonio. RJ, welcome. And um, two questions. Did I miss anything there? And do you ever get a day off? Sounds like you have a very long resume. <laughs>
2: You know, you did not miss anything, uh, I, except for giving me the alert that we're talking to somebody in Albuquerque. I've been rewatching Breaking Bad to get ready for the movie, uh, so that's exciting. Um, and in terms of a day off, I'm very fortunate, and very blessed to be able to do what I love. So it all feels like a day off to me. Um, it's all exciting. I mean, this is uh, this is a blast, and I really enjoy it.
1: Yeah, the the whole Breaking Bad thing here is like a, a mixed bag. So I'm a transplant. I'm originally from Wisconsin, and I, I moved here after living some time in, in New York. And so you talk to the locals about it and like, some people are into it. Other people are like, I wish we were known for something other than a show about meth. And then of course (laughs) tour buses and and all this stuff. So, um, but I'm a huge fan of the show as well. Um, RJ, why don't we just get right into it and talk about, um, I think the first, well, I was going to say the first real test for both of these teams, but the the Packers played a pretty good team in, in the Eagles ultimately losing last week the the Cowboys as well uh, playing the Saints last week and losing um, so both teams are three and one and obviously we want to have sort of our own rosy outlooks on our particular teams but looking at the Cowboys so far this year I, I think there is a case to say that they have not yet proven anything beating the Eli-led Giants, um, the Dolphins who are tanking on purpose, Washington who's tanking on accident, and then uh, struggling against a breezeless Saints. Uh, RJ, to someone who makes that argument to you, how do you respond about your Cowboys?
2: I think it's a fair argument. Um, I, I would I would counter. You know, I, I think that. There's of all the contenders in the NFL right now. I mean, you look at the Patriots haven't really played anybody. I mean, the Packers, I mean, I know they, they played some pretty impressive defenses in Chicago and Denver, but uh, you know, I mean, Mitchell Trubisky and Joe Flacco aren't exactly uh, somebody that anybody's starting in their fantasy football squad. But uh, yeah, I mean, I I would, I would say this, I'm a firm believer that good teams uh, find a way to beat the crap out of bad teams. And, And the Cowboys did that. I mean, they, they really did handily beat, both All three teams, the Giants, the Redskins, and the Dolphins, and you expect that. And was it disappointing that they lost to the New Orleans Saints? Absolutely. But I think that when you look at that game specifically, and, and I felt this way last Thursday watching the Packer game, I, I came away from that you know, wanting the Packers to win, but uh, but thinking they should have won, you know, and thinking that they kind of squandered their opportunities and the Cowboys. I mean, you know, they ran more on first and second down than they ever had, which really kind of ruined the game for them. They didn't allow a, a single touchdown defensively, which is really impressive. I mean, you know, they, they had some weird fumbles from Jason Wynn and a questionable one from Ezekiel Elliott. They had two offensive pass interference penalties against Amari Cooper. It was just kind of, you know, everybody's, you know, uh, I, I hate to go there, but it kind of reminds me of the 2014 NFC Championship game where you just, have this string of crazy things that happen to a team, and somehow, some way, the Cowboys still almost won. Uh, so I think that that says that even in spite of themselves, they're, they're still a really good team. And uh, and you know, hey, I mean, they'll they'll trudge on, but Sunday is certainly a big test for them.
1: Do you uh, you said you hate to go there. Do you actually hate to go there? I kind of <laughs> think you like to go there.
2: It it felt. Uh... It felt great at the time, given the Dez Catch uh, wound was still really fresh. Uh, but uh, that was honestly that's one of the craziest things I've ever seen. So I, I, you know, five years later, I think we can all reach a place where you know we all realize uh, there was some bad stuff that happened around. <laughs> then.
1: Speaking of the Dez uh, Catch, I saw um, a little video headline on like a Google News page or something from Randall Cobb saying that he's uh, saying that that Des caught it. So uh, that reminded me of. Randall Cobb so as a single tear rolls down my face I have to ask you how are you finding Randall Cobb in Dallas
2: You know um I think a standard Cowboys fan would would tell you that he's an incredible upgrade over Cole Beasley because Cole kind of left uh, with some bitterness and, and had some comments about the front office. I think that Randall Cobb has been exceptional certainly as a slot receiver. He had the really big sexy moment that everybody saw where he stiff armed a Giants defender as he picked up a first down in that game. Uh, he he did have a, a a really bad moment last week in New Orleans. He had a tip ball go off his hands that should have been a first down that kind of changed the complexion of the game. And uh, I mean I don't know personally, but I imagine. If you ask him, he'd put that one on himself because that's really who he's been. He's been, um you know, this is a team with a lot of young guys. Granted, they've got a lot of experienced players like Dak and see, you can even Jalen Smith and Leighton vanderish in his second year. But Randall's kind of that big brother, kind of that you know point of guy, guy who's been there, guy who's been to NFC Championship games, guy who, who's played in these big time games, guy who knows what it's like to play with an Aaron Rodgers, somebody who's really seen everything that the NFL can offer. And you know, while the Cowboys, I think, are, are one of the best rosters in the NFL, facts of the matter are that they don't have anybody that has really sle- you know, lived it and seen it like Randall Cobb has. So it is nice to have him around from that perspective.
1: Yeah, and I, I've heard, um, I think it was a Peter Bukowski's show, he had someone on talking uh, about the Cowboys and very unprofessional of me to blank on who that person is, but nonetheless, I will, I will reference them.
2: It was me, it was me, that's okay. <laughs> was it actually you? <laughs> no. no. <it> wasn't.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I am gullible. No, but it's funny anyway. I I heard him saying that he felt like the Packers were a playmaker short so far this year on offense, and you know wondered what they would look like if they did have Randall Cobb on, on the team.
0: Why would anybody not want Randall Cobb right now?
1: I don't. I'm not even. I'm not even sure what the argument
0: <laughs> against having Randall Cobb would be right yeah, now. Yeah, I'm not either.
1: Um, but I want to talk about Dak Prescott for a second. R.J. Um, Packers coach Matt Lafleur. Heaping what I felt was really sincere praise on Prescott earlier this week, um, but for the average Packer fan who's only seen Dak maybe a handful of times, can you talk a bit about his strengths and weaknesses as a quarterback uh, as we see him so far, embarking on now I think his fourth season?
2: It is his fourth season, and um, you know his strengths and weaknesses have really changed in that time, as uh, as things tend to do. Um, I think a quick encapsulation of Dak you know his rookie season that incredible year where they really just kind of took the NFL by storm when, when they beat the Packers uh, incidentally without Des um, you know he was kind of you know what everybody lumped up to a game manager that was the real Zeke show and yeah he had some nice throws and things like that and in 2017 he really kind of started to find his form uh, you know but that was the season that the Cowboys were in the middle of the the Zeke suspension will it won't it happen and, and I think it's obvious that that took a toll on the team at the I think everybody saw that when the cowboys were profiled on all or nothing um, and then you know what happened, uh, what was the burning of Atlanta, as Jerry Jones has called it, when the Cowboys went to Atlanta. Uh, I- I'm sure uh, you know, everybody's well aware of the Chaz Green game. And that really just kind of broke the Cowboys. They were without Zeke for the first time. Tyron Smith was gone, as he will be this Sunday. Sean Lee left the game extremely early and you know, it was Adrian Claiborne all over the place. And that really just wrecked who Dak was and I think wrecked the fabric of the team. And they really were just this horrible offense. Uh, you know, from from that point, actually, when they went to Atlanta after that, they, they went home and hosted the Philadelphia Eagles in the night that Jerry Jones was honored for going into the Hall of Fame. And that was literally the worst loss in AT&T Stadium's history. And uh, a few days later, they hosted the Chargers on Thanksgiving. In those three games, they scored in the single digits. And it was the first time ever in Cowboys franchise history that they went three straight games without breaking double digits. And so they were that team. And he was that guy all the way up until last season when they traded for Amari Cooper. And I mean, you know, you, know, you can you can put the responsibility for that on on Amari's shoulders if you'd like but ever since getting uh, a number 1 receiver back cuz the Cowboys had moved on from Dez a year ago I mean, he has just been a transformed quarterback. And I think we've really seen it evolve ever since then. They obviously went on a huge winning streak last season. Uh, They had some big, big, big time wins. They won a playoff game, beat the Seattle Seahawks. And uh, this season started off really strong. I mean, he has yet to throw an incompletion in in the third quarter. Uh, He is uh, really dialed in. And a lot of that is what Kellen Moore has brought. I mentioned the running on first and second down. I mean, they have been pass heavy. They have been play action. They have had movement and shifts and, and motion at the line of scrimmage and so he has really evolved into a legitimate franchise quarterback which is really exciting to see
1: you mentioned tyron smith being out the starting left tackle spelling him i believe is going to be cam fleming uh is is that a big deal and clearly advantage packers or is fleming a guy that you trust to come in and and play well
2: well, you know he's not Chaz Green, so um, there there is a, a, a bit of a positive for Cowboys fans in that respect. But I, I think he's he's your average swing tackle. Um, you know, a year ago, Cowboys fans really talked themselves into him. He uh, he started for the New England Patriots in, in Super Bowl Fifty Two. Uh, we don't have to talk about who won that game. Oh, come it's, um, on, let's talk about it. It's a little bit of a sore subject. <laughs> <laughs> But um, so he's I think he's your average swing tackle and he's certainly serviceable, although uh, pretty immediately on Sunday night when he entered the game, Dak uh, had pressure on, on his blind side. So I, I certainly think that that is a, a point of concern for the Cowboys offensive line, particularly not just because of Cam Fleming, but because of who's next to him. The Cowboys starting left guard is a uh, second year player, Connor Williams, who they took in the second round last year out of the University of Texas. And, and he is really I don't want to say really struggled, but he has definitely not had the same levels of success that you've seen Tyron Smith and Travis Frederick and Zach Martin have coming into the NFL. Sort of a more, more of a slower burn. Uh, he is, you know, certainly ascending and becoming a better player. He's only about 22 years old, so he's still very young. But that left side is very weak, and I think if I was the Packers, that would be what I would look to exploit.
0: The sense right now is Lyle Collins is going to play, right?
2: Yeah. Lyle has uh, has not practiced on Wednesday or Thursday, uh, but bit bit more of a, a veteran, you know, a couple days off sort of thing. He had a back issue flare up when he showed up to work on Tuesday, and I think the Cowboys are just being precautionary with him, but he should play. Uh, I would be shocked if he didn't. Got it.
1: So speaking of the the offensive line, is, is there anyone on the Packers defensive line that that worries you? You mentioned watching the game against the Eagles. I don't know how much more of the Packers you've seen this this season, but is there anything about the Packers front on defense that particularly scares you?
2: Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I've gone back and watched the Packers this season. Um, that Vikings game I thought was particularly interesting just because, um, you know, I didn't enjoy the the result of the Eagles game, but, um, and obviously the, the first game of the season was, was seen by everybody, but um, I, I mean, I'd say both Smith brothers. I mean, obviously not brothers, but I mean, that's that's a point of concern for the Cowboys. I think that's a, a point of advantage for the Packers. And, and I know entering last week, that the talk nationally was how the Packers had kind of put together this great defense. They were generating all these turnovers. And, uh, you know, granted, the Eagles have a, an incredible offensive line as well, but I, I would not sleep on them. I, I certainly think that they're, um, they're, they're definitely something that is going to affect this game. But I think the defender I'm most concerned with is Jahir Alexander, just because Marshawn Laddum really took Amari Cooper out of the game last week and, and if Jair can have that same sort of effect uh it, it could be troublesome for the Cowboys
1: what's the way in which the Cowboys tend to use
2: Amari Cooper is he just a, a deep threat no I think Amari is I mean he really is as cliche as it sounds he's he's your anything and everything I mean Amari he's he's a checkdown guy he's your screen guy he's your slant guy he's your deep threat guy I mean he is one of the most intelligent people that has played for the Cowboys in recent memory. Um, you know, there was a 75-yard touchdown that he had against the Eagles when when the Cowboys played them for the second time last season at AT&T Stadium, and uh, this was when the offense was really stale and really stagnant, and uh, Amari talked about after the game how, you know, he had just had another sort of crow route called, and he was really upset about it in the huddle as it broke, and, and he looked at Dak, and Dak said, dude, just run it, and uh, it was kind of, you know, sort of a, a, a pathetic moment for them, like, we know we're trapped by this offense. But uh, once Dak got to the line of scrimmage and, and sort of took a look at things, he gave Amari a signal and said, dude, just go deep. And uh, Dak hit him on a 75-yard touchdown. So I think Amari is really this, um, you know, moldable, uh, hybrid sort of player. He can do everything, which is why the Cowboys felt he was worth a first-round pick.
1: Yeah, uh, Cowboys were highly criticized for uh, for the first-round pick for him. And then it quickly became apparent that it was uh, almost, a, almost a coup. How did you feel... When they when they first got Cooper and, and given the price tag, were were you excited about that, or cautiously optimistic, or not cool with it?
2: Uh, you know, I remember. Um, I mean, the the best part about SB Nation is uh, the family of networks that we all have. And I remember, uh, I, I also run our, our BTB Twitter account and, um, when, when the, I think it was Justina Anderson that first reported it, and I quoted her tweet and I said, Lego, like in all caps. And, uh, and then like three seconds later, there was a tweet that said like, oh, it's the first round pick. And I quoted that in literally no caps, like just all lowercase. I just said, oh no. <laughs> and, uh, and I, I vividly remember the SB nation, like flagship account made a graphic with like the BTB logo and, and, you know, kind of poked fun at our initial and sort of post news reaction it was it was steep i mean it certainly felt steep at the time and i mean the cowboys were three and four they had just lost in washington uh there as i mentioned their offense was really 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 bad and so you you just had the vibe that this was going to be a top 10 pick and so you kind of felt like the franchise was in dysfunction i don't think anybody had any idea what was uh what was coming around the corner they've lost three regular season games since they traded for him one in the nfc and that was last week
0: I honestly don't know if I can remember a trade that kind of changed a team's fortunes as much as that one, especially not a midseason trade.
2: I think that's a, a fair point um I mean it, it's hard to come up with I think um there have been dynamic trades certainly and I think anything would be centered around a quarterback but you're right I mean he he pulled them from the depths I mean they were knocking on on hell's door and uh I mean he just turned them around what he was able to do uh he has yet to lose a game to an NFC East opponent I mean it's uh remarkable what Amari Cooper's done
1: wide receiver wins is that a thing
2: <laughs> I, yeah, I think so. But I I want to spell this one with an S. I'm tired. The Z is hard. So
0: one thing I'm curious about is I think, you know, we haven't really seen, you know, the first three games. I wouldn't say Dallas's defense was really challenged, but I guess how are you going to if you were game planning against the Cowboys defense right now? I mean, how do you beat them?
2: Well, um, you're right. I mean, the, the first three games were sort of a, a walk in the park for them defensively, although that Miami first half was really frustrating. They only had a 10-6 to 6 lead, and a lot of Cowboys fans were really upset about it. Um, I, I will say they didn't allow a touchdown in New Orleans, mm-hmm. and they had five sacks, and this is, this is a defense that... Really hasn't forced a lot of turnovers even through their run last season. That's kind of their Achilles' heel. And so, I mean, I I don't mean to say that limit turnovers is a strategy, but I I think a point of concern if I was the Packers is right now. You know, the Cowboys have had Demarcus Lawrence and they paid him over the offseason. He's he's the war daddy that J- Jerry Jones has coveted for so long. Um, and they've tried forever to get a bookend pass rusher to go along with him. Uh, from an on field perspective, the the best things ever were when they had Greg Hardy and Demarcus Lawrence and obviously that that ended the way it did but they they drafted Randy Gregory and that hasn't worked out they drafted Taco Charlton and 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 lord knows that didn't work out um a lot of cowboys fans by the way saw that they did not draft kevin king in that draft but um so they they seem to have found that answer though with you mentioned you know trades being impactful they traded for robert quinn over the offseason sent a sixth round pick to miami and he has been incredible he has three sacks through two games he was suspended for the first two of the season although he did also have a hand injury uh he had some huge moments last week against the saints uh i mean including two sacks just in that game and so i think that robert Quinn is is that X factor. He's that guy. He's he's the one that I'm I'm focused on stopping because entering last week, Demarcus Lawrence had seen more double teams than any edge rusher in the NFL, and I don't think that you can do that anymore if you're Green Bay, if you're Philadelphia, if you're whoever, because the Cowboys finally have two pass rushers that can get home, and what's more is they have some interior defensive linemen that can do some special things. They have Malik Collins, who they took in the the Dak and Zeke and, and Jalen draft uh, in the third round. That's playing out of his mind right now, and then you know they've got Leighton Vander Esch and Jalen Smith and Jalen you know, can rush. He had a big sack on Teddy Bridgewater that kind of kept the Cowboys in the game last week. So I think it's stopping that pass rush, although that's a lot easier than it sounds.
0: Yeah. I mean, I really do. Yeah. It does seem like today, I think uh, this weekend is really going to be a good game by which to evaluate two pretty strong uh, fronts that I, you know, I, I think, a lot of people thought that the Packers were going to be good, but I don't know if people thought that the Packers were going to be as good as they've been. And I think uh, I, I can kind of see whoever's controlling the line of the scrimmage on defense better is, is going to come away with the win on on Sunday.
2: Yeah, I think so. I mean, the Cowboys offensive line has obviously been their bread and butter um, and, and their defensive line has had success. I mean, it, it is, uh, you know, as, as football has been for a thousand years, but that is going to be the focus. Whoever wins up there, I, I agree with you, is going to have uh, the stronger chance of getting the dub.
1: RJ, before we get out of here, let me get your firm, 100% accurate prediction on what's going to happen in this game.
2: (laughs) You know, this is something interesting I find about this game, you know, Dak Prescott has had um, an ability. It's a hard thing to calculate, uh, but an ability to rise in special moments. He's just, he's just kind of that person. I think, you know, I think you all have certainly experienced that with Aaron Rodgers, but Dak is, is just somebody who tends to to rise. And this Sunday is October 6th. That is the, um, the first time that October 6th has fallen on a Sunday since October 6th, 2013. And that was the really, you know, I I know a lot of NFL fans remember at the the crazy Tony Romano's, Peyton Manning showdown at ATT Stadium. And so I just feel like there's some some good energy surrounding the Cowboys this week. Uh, this is, you know, Aaron Rodgers is the Cowboys Kryptonite, you know, and and it's really kind of focused on Aaron Rodgers, uh, not necessarily the Packers as a whole. And I, I just this kind of feels like a game where Dak outshines him to me just because he tends to rise to that moment. And I think, you know, missing Devontae Adams is, is such a, a serious blow if that's ultimately what happens for Aaron. So I know that the line is kind of fluctuated between three, three and a half. I would not take that, but I do think the Cowboys win. I think this is a really close, really stressful game. It's going to destroy all the ratings on Fox. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, I think, going to be the game of the week or game of the season through the NFL uh, through five weeks.
1: I like that uh, a lot of your prediction lies on on good vibrations and and good feelings. As, as speaking as a podcast that starts every single season with a tarot card reading on how the season will go. I think that's as as fine a way as as any to uh <laughs> to try to predict the outcome of a game. RJ want to thank you for stopping by especially on such short notice again at RJ Ochoa on Twitter, SB Nation, uh Blog and the Boys, Ocho podcast, Saturday morning hangover, ESPN San Antonio, all that stuff and uh now we know that we are southwestern uh southwestern neighbors and um I would say good luck, but, uh, you know, I wouldn't mean it. So,
2: <laughs> Yeah, I wish you guys uh, health and wealth and happiness, but I hope Sunday's just a terrible day, I mean, from an emotional standpoint for you guys. But other than that, I hope Monday morning's great, uh, things go well for you, and, uh, you know, all good things. Ah,
1: oh, thanks. I wish you emotional torment as well. <laughs> and with that, we hit the polka. We bob in our seats, as we do every time we come to the close of another APC podcast again. Big thanks to RJ for stopping by Ben the game Sunday afternoon. What's your prediction?
0: I'll take the Packers actually. I know. I I think I am contradicting myself from, from the other night. (laughs) You Yeah. I'll take the Packers, uh, but it's going to, it's going to come down to the end of the game. And, and I win by less than a field goal.
1: I love it. I love a repeat of close Packers-Dallas games of your, I'm into it. Let's bring that emotional torment to the Dallas side. And uh, I agree. I think the Packers do come out victorious, although not sure Vegas agrees. Not sure most people picking agree. Speaking of picking the game, the podcast pick them is still up and running. Get your picks in five minutes before kickoff of every game of that day's first game. Pardon me. Anyway, these endings are just getting worse and worse. At the APC pod on Twitter, at Zach Rapport, at Ben Foldy. And uh, go, pack, go. We'll see you. Peace. Yeah. Awful. Awful ending.